Hello, everybody. This is Tevo DRC, Creative Leadership. We're a Christian minute to the people that say they've accepted Jesus Christ, that they're born again, saved, they believe they're guaranteed their eternal salvation, and they're included in the family of the Father God Most High. We're going to mention every topic, every subject, every word of the Lord, every submitted selah in a respectful fashion to those people. Anyone else from another faith, you're always invited, you're always respected, but we have to be up front right now with those who say they're a Christian, especially because there's a lot of nightmares going on out there that are not representing Jesus Christ at the grassroots level, and it's taken a lot of the fun out of fellowshipping with the saints. And so we do this on behalf of Jesus Christ himself, even though this is a minister, even a single minister. I was raised in the church. I was raised by ministers from a family of them for many generations. And I do this as a service to the Lord because the hour is late. And even Jesus Christ at the leading of his father, because he's so concerned about the Phariseeism, the accusation, the attack, the religious spirit, the dogmatism, the concentration on big money, that he himself went at the Father's leading, the Holy Spirit's leading, and he quietly walked into the temple one day and just turned over the money taper, t- tables, <laughs> chasers' tables, and got everybody upset. And today they would look around and say, you know, that Jesus, he probably's made bitter root judgments and has unforgiveness against us priests to pay him attention or some little old lady would come up and grumble and said to say to Jesus let not your good be evil spoken of don't you know you're embarrassing your mama and ruining the reputation of your disciples and your ministry so we're beyond that we really don't care Jesus Christ his father the audience of one we're a Christian who only wants to walk the narrow way and please the father not hurt anybody speak the truth in love and what does it say in the Bible and Proverbs, faithful are the wounds of a friend. But when they later describe really motivated Christ to walk into the temple and toss over the temple changers, even though he knew them, they recognized him. They knew exactly what he, you know, they would count it as sin, that he was a critical spirit in rebellion, sin because of their religious spirit. They're dull of discernment. The Bible teaches that it was because of Jesus Christ's zeal. That means power and passion, compassion and, and passion for his father's house, the organic kind of father's house. What is the organic kind of fellowship? Well, it's not a fun to go to. You want to meet with the other disciples and learn to love on Jesus more about him. But it isn't about all this hail fellow, well met, shallow or see no fun, everybody picking at each other, everybody grumbling, everybody pouting, everybody seeing who's why you know, who's minding everybody's business, keeping up with the Joneses. I've been around that and believe me, we're out of there. God had me out of there. We're gonna say things on this podcast in this ministry that are not dogma. That means you got you're right. I give you my permission. God wants you to be able to be a noble Berean and pick apart anything I say do it lovingly, but do it the Lord telling you if it's really true in the Bible, not back under the law. I'll do the same with your doctrine, your teaching, and anyone else's. Because right now there's so much confusion, too much confusion to figure it out. Only God and you and the Bible, and maybe a few trusted close people, two or three, can help you determine what's really going on under the name of Jesus. 
And it's usually affected because of media, TV, and people not really discerning because they're in love with the world. They're in love with making their performance widely known to get accepted or income, you know, is the first choice. The other day, the Lord woke me up with a word of the Lord. It was like this phrase came in my mind, and it was money, the gateway drug for lack of discernment. Money can be in God's people, the born-again people, the the gateway drug that blocks them. That's by over on, there's nothing wrong with money. It's the love of money, the relationship with money, and then no fear of the Lord. But doing things privately to orchestrate, connive to get money sometimes, that is the root of all evil. Psalm 115 may explain some of the different kinds of ministry styles that are dull of perception, the Eli Temple high priest, compassion fatigue, usually accuser of lone women, used people were dull of discerning thick and incurred God's wrath brought down on the nation of Israel, the Ichabod, that you will, your priesthood will be no more. They had lost their first in and first Samuel, Eli Temple high priesthood, First five chapters, they were similar to the Revelation 2 letter to the church of Ephesians. They lost their first love, even though they did great works. They had no real fear of the Lord. They didn't respect relationships in ministry or in family. And God said, you better change or I'm going to remove your lampstand. And I believe we're at that. I know we're at that time now. God is using a lot of things. So he can restore things what he takes away. He's also restoring to the remnant. I know he's restored to me a lot, and he's restoring right now. So it's a good message. But because of wheat and chaff, end times, the harvest, we're being brutally frank up front. And then you get to hear and decide if and critique it. Hope you'll assess it and critique me, but not accuse me. Because that's already been done. People do that too much, that judgment that rough. So we say that you can disagree with me and I can disagree with you and still be friends because the truth is, will we preserve the relationship or choose to dismiss it? So James 3.17 is the bottom line of behavior for everybody in a relationship preserving Ephesians 4 community, all colors, all kinds of ministries, back under the law, under the law, not back under the law. All those kinds can get together if they choose Ephesians 4, unity with a will to do it, walking in humility and love, and also knowing about common doctrine that makes a real Christian one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God the Father of us all, knowing what compromise is, what is simply being a respecter of another's opinion versus compromise. We're for com- not for compromise, but for respecting all, even if they're into error. And then if you feel they are into error, they're going to incur God's wrath. So you might want to pray for them. And also you need to pray for them and also maybe go confront them and tell them the truth if they're open enough to hear it, if they're not too proud. So Ephesians 4, Common Doctrine, is up on our websites, onlinefellowship.us for a long time, a PDF, and also dfwleader.org. But we're going to teach from the Bible, Common Doctrine, because our ministry is sent to those who are the messengers of God, whether they go to a church, never go to a church, or in a ministry, whether they're black or brown or tan or white or whatever, if they're a Republican or if they're a liberal, it doesn't matter, we're not going to 
argue about politics. That's their prayerful choice. And we're going to say, do you have the fear of the Lord? And will you abide in James 317 relationship, preserving fruit no matter what with God's help? Now, we need God's help to do this because nobody really wants to get along if you disagree with your brother or your friend or your mother or your wife. You know, really, we're human. So James 3.17 is one of our criteria for evaluating a fellowship in ministry for a long time. And it says that any wisdom that says it's from God, any counsel, any preacher, any pastor, any mama, any real believer that's a Christian, any black person, white person, brown person, green person, tan person, you name it, any leader or teacher or prophet or pastor, apostle, lay person, it says that if the wit, the wisdom of God is represented by, and this is James three seventeen, the wisdom of God is first of all pure, peaceable, easily entreated. That means it won't argue to have to win, won't get in a fist fight over doctrinal differences with your mama or your daddy. The wisdom of God is first of all pure, peaceable, easily entreated full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality and without hypocrisy. So if it's easily entreated, it won't it won't get in a fight, stomp off, sulking, and have its own way. And that goes for marriage, relationships, any kind of ministry. It is respectful, equal opportunity, real respectful, E-O-R-R, that's our ministry too, is equal opportunity, real respect for the office of every human made in God's image, whether they're a liberal or or a Republican, whether they're in your family or not, whether they're of another color than your skin is or not, or whatever. From the highest person in the office of the president or the king of a nation, down to the person who is living on the street, equal opportunity, real respect, because they are made in God's image and they are human and are worthy of respect. That didn't mean you all trust them. That didn't mean you have to hang out with them and be their best friend. Some of these people could be your worst nightmare, but some of them could be your best friend. Also, this applies to every belief, whether they're Christian, Hindu, Buddhist, no, I mean, atheist, you name it. You, it's really about the Christian. We're talking to the Christian. If we don't have our heart right, everyone will know it. And you can tell that right now. They already know it. So we're working on ourself. You know, the Bible said, God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. I've been listening myself for humility. I had someone that I talked to and they mentioned this uh, online. They mentioned Andrew Womack, who's one of the... See, if I teach Body of Christ... I can name a few names once in a while from different kinds of movements and say I pick out the hay from the stubble and munch on that hay because sometimes it complements me and helps me to be whole. Therefore, I can use the humility of a Catholic, let's say, or a Methodist, and I can go with the inspiration of a Baptist who goods those deeds and talks about the Lord and wins the lost. And I can go with the Holy Spirit crowd because I think, man, I just need that peace and to get a tangible touch sometimes away, you know, the stress relief of Holy Spirit ministry. But there are many kinds. I've been with black. I've been with brown. I've been with Vietnamese. I've done all these things through the years which have been so amazing and that are very impossible for me to have done had not God orchestrated it one day at a time by leading me by the Holy Spirit. I was raised 
led by the Holy Spirit, by my mama, her mama, maybe her mama's mama, the whole family, my dad and mom who were pastors. I was just raised to know that you're supposed to really seek the Lord because you'll be safe. You'll be guided. You'll have divine appointments. You'll know the Lord better if you just are letting the Lord lead you every day. And when I was 18, I just finally figured it out. Lord, I don't want to miss your perfect will for my life. So I'm going to experiment. I was right new at college and I thought, I don't want to miss my perfect will for my life. I'm going to ask God just to lead me day by day. Like Prophet Enoch, I guess you'd say in retrospect in Genesis, he walked and talked with God daily, 365 days a year. And one day God took him. It's also like the Ephesian, excuse me, Ezekiel wheel, the Holy Spirit gyroscope. It goes one way at the leading of the Lord. It may change direction. So it's not spooky. It's just very practical. And it's so common with so many people. But anyway, my parents were not ones who were Pentecostal or charismatic. I was raised Baptist with Methodists, but mostly Presbyterian and Baptist, who are not hardline or dogmatics, but mostly Christians first. And my father was the gentle soul, and I really honor him as my mentor for life and also ministry pastoring. It's like down to earth, egoing, doesn't want to pull the wool over anybody's eyes, not in it for the money, not in it to gain respect, not in it for any other reason, except he loves the Lord. And I got to get teary for that excuse me he also came from the deep south ironically my dad was raised in dallas georgia which was a postage stamp i haven't seen it for 30 years but now his daughter honors him and needs to honor him for his lifestyle behind the scenes and in front as a dad as a pastor as a husband a one-man woman to my mother he respected all people, all females and males equally, and he respected, he had no gender bias, but no racism. He was raised in the deep, deep south back in the day, but was no racism. He respected everybody equally, and I do too, and I was raised that way, and so is my mother. I don't, and he was not a legalist back under the law. Thank God, or he'd had gender bias, which he didn't. So I want to honor my parents, and I want to specifically say thank God for good parenting and also good generations who come before us in Bible ministry, Bible teaching, and I honor you too, the ones who've come before us and made doctrine that is true and worthy, not rigid, but sincere and organic to the Bible. And I honor the people and do the work of the Lord as well. So thank you all. We're here, all of us, here, because we're standing really on the people's shoulders who came before us, who are teaching, you know, the older people now. It's amazing. So you can learn. And that's why I think we can sit back. I can sit back and pull from the knowledge of the framework of generations to say, I'm not going to be swallowing everybody's Kool-Aid. I'm not going to believe, believe in what every man, woman, and person that says they represent God feel like, you know, is their theology bottom line. I'm going to be, yes, I'll listen, but I'll also observe what are their relationships like? What is the fruit of their life, their ministry like? How do they treat their family? But then I'll be a Nobaburian. I'll BYOB, bring my own Bible and study about 
what does God say in all that? And I encourage you to do the same. You have my permission. In fact, Apostle Paul was the great leader mentor to me on that because he would say he commended the noble Berean Jews as noble, honorable, you know, they're honorable, the Berean Jews, because they took apart Paul's teachings, his doctrine, his instruction, his correction, his frank comments, and they went back to their own Hebrew scriptures and compared it and see if it lined up, and it did. So these days, I'm not submitting, God didn't want me to use dogma, you better believe what I say or else, that type of thing hardcore Bible-thumping dogma, autocratic dogma. I'm not going to do that. I don't, you know, that's not respectful because you don't know. I don't know how much you already know and may know a lot more. So we are submitting our ministry words to the body of Christ. Anyone that's not in the Christian community is welcome, like I said, but we're giving all the words to the born-again people groups for them to be noble Bereans and see if it's really so. I like to go back and think of what today, what is really organic in the church, the collective, global, national, local area church. The church teachers, what is organic to the New Testament that doesn't have legalism, finger pointing, sin spying, that doesn't have racism, bias, hate speech, Bible thumping, and I say we want what the first church had. When we have this global stir of the virus, of the pandemic, of the fear with media fanning the flame of fear, and we have a lot of confusion in the Christians because they don't understand healing or they were really they're against moving in the Holy Spirit because they were raised around people who were so rude and Bible thumped them and were bigoted toward them because they were evangelical. So they just, you know, were immature. And now we see that people are just scared of the Holy Spirit. They're scared of because what their mama did or how she acted or she was unloving or didn't treat, you know, didn't look good. So we want to win them back, and I'm going to talk about winnowing. you got to winnow what people say through the fruit. Be knowing this, I would teach this front lines, that the Christian can be anybody's worst witness to turn them off from following Christ and the Lord. I apologize if I've done that to anybody. I try not to, but we're human through my life, but I also know so many people have brought me to the Lord by their witness, but then there's some that have really, especially back in the 80s and 90s, that were so dominating and so aggressive toward me, because I'm quiet, I'm really basically quiet and reserved, and they thought I wasn't active and feisty enough because I didn't want to be loud with tongue-talking or boisterous or whatever, faith or what and and in the top leaders of movements no we're talking about grassroots individuals that are just ignorant or don't have compassion or they have no mercy they think it's all about works or law so they get impassioned and power and they can bible thump 
So we want to caution everybody. I'm really for the Holy Spirit. I am so much fun with the Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit and his worship and his people. And I love the Lord, but I love the Bible. I love just doing nothing and hanging out and being real. I like to take off and just go work out and see sights and be with people. I like fun. I don't want to be up in an ivory tower. So we're trying to get a crowd a collective crowd online and on land that wants to be the same, just be in and see, I don't mind not being seen. I prefer it. Someone prophesied it's going to be a nameless, faceless end time move. Well, here it is. But you have to know who these people are to check them out. But if I believe our ministry is to say, the bottom line, Christian, is that you really make it to heaven. That you reserve your place in heaven by really being the real deal, not a faker and not a pretender, not in it for the money, but in it to win the lost, including yourself. So you'll really have the fear of the Lord and have your children want to act like they want to follow Christ too. And then you'll make it to heaven, but you bring a lot of people to increase the size of Jesus' family. It's about family and community. So then we say, if you're the real deal... Everybody's organic, like Jesus Christ, in his relationships. When you read about Jesus, that's our ministry, abiding relationship, theology, abiding in James 3.17, fruit, even under pressure, teenagers, mamas, everybody. Then you can say, well, if I don't know about what's back under the law, what is finger pointing, what is conviction, all these different fine points, you can just go back, start all over, get your Bible out and read through Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, the Gospels, not the gossips, but the Gospels, when Jesus Christ, the Messiah, was around town doing good, healing all those who were oppressed by the devil, visiting with his mama, his relatives, the people around town, the little children, all those types of people. And you just read those Gospels through the eyes of Jesus' relationships. All right, notice every relationship, how Jesus the Christ acted and reacted and that will expose the law, that will expose expose sin spying in the church now. But it will also tell us how we're supposed to act under different kinds of situations. What do you do when you find somebody caught in adultery? We'll read Jesus and how he acted with the Pharisees. All right, what do you do with the little children that have their little time-consuming, you know, crying, and they have dirt on their little hands from playing outside? What do you do? Well, Jesus didn't send him away. He loved him. So there are many kind of relationships from the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the town people, the people of ill repute, the people of great, all the different kinds that you can read. So we're for that as repopulating Jesus' house. If we respect all kinds of people, white and black and brown, people not like ourselves, people like ourselves, Jesus' name will have a good flavor again, a good savior the savor of the savior and there'll be community christ following community that's our name brand is crossbody true unity 
based on book of Ephesians, based on not under the law, based on you don't have to be a member to attend. We're not going to keep track of you. We're not going to count you that we're, that you're less because you don't join. We, we don't want members. We want people who are sent like a flow. Ours is more flow ministry. Now, if you're on our team, you want to work to help the ministry. You want to support us. We want you to be dependable and faithful as unto the Lord and show up and do what you're going to do. You know, in fact, we really could use right now. I feel like our time in Dallas is been a huge deal, more than I would ever have known. It has been almost surmountable, but God has won the victory. But it's now time to have our planning here, something here, not just be online, but also go be sent out. And we're trying to just get the right network, maybe to North Carolina, plant something there, uh, to back and forth by an appointment ministry with cells, e-church, online, but fellowship cells, and then do things that will help build body and cross racial divides and create things that will, people that want to help stand up for injustice, deep injustice. There is a lot of deep injustice in the South. There's a lot of racism. There's a lot of criticism. I'm just not talking about the non-believers. I'm only talking to the about you, some of you. Whether you're young or old and you grew up, you know, proud or error, full of the law or condescending, working ourselves before a beautiful vision of transforming a society. Right now it's a me and I'm working on me. But anyway, I wanted to talk about humility because I had discovered Andrew Wombach when I talked to somebody. They said, you need to hear Andrew Wombach about humility on YouTube. It's like three teaching. So I'm doing it when I can, when the Lord lets me. But all I heard was a couple of them. And man... The, t- the teaches, and this is a tip of all of our, perhaps, God resists the proud, he gives grace to the humble. Well, the teaching synopsis is that God, a lot of us are humble. We think we're humble. I thought I'm humble most of the time. Not, you know, sometimes I'm not, I know. But God resists the proud, he gives grace. So I'm counting, here I am over here thinking, well, God, you know, you're going to give me grace because, you know, I'm working on my humility all the time. You're going to give me grace. And he has, he really has, he really has. But then there's certain places in my life, there's been a huge, a huge block forever, a stone wall. So when I heard this, the bottom line was, I'm looking at me, everybody. I'm looking at me and letting God look at me like we all need to do. So I, when the teaching was, that Andrew said, if you're at a place and there's no give and you're getting resistance all the time and you're mature, it may be God showing you a place you have need of humility, that you maybe have pride. Maybe you've been bruised. Maybe you've been lied to. Maybe you've been looked down on, whatever it is some issue so uh, it made me go back it makes me go back to say well you know if that one area that big area is blocked all the time in relationships what is going on with the lord but what's going on with me so i would like to also go and everyone over to psalm 138 i think that's verse six god resists the proud gives grace to the humble but i'm working on that god's working on me and i think that is huge for the body of christ right now the christian ministry to make sure that we're really who we really are that we don't have anything left of our own ego arrogance lack of empathy 
scorn that we don't want that but we want to have it so we're really walking in community if we cannot fellowship in community across racial lines across gender lines across i mean bible genders and across different denominations with their unique potential you know different doctrinal points and still get along with Ephesians 4 common doctrine for community, if we are turf protecting, let's say, if we're into our own, our four no more ministry or famous teacher, we only listen and sit under famous sister so-and-so, famous brother so-and-so, TV preacher this and that, and you have your formula, it's almost like a cult you can have in some of these groups. But anyway, that's between you and the Lord. So the idea is we're looking at humility, the big H word. He hates the proud. God resists the proud. Whether you're being resisted every in every area, it's really probably you're most likely resistant in a couple of areas or one area only. Maybe some of you are already free from that. You're not resisted at all. Man, that's a great thing. So I'm just going to call this out. We're not under anybody. On purpose for this reason, we're not under any liberal or any Republican. We're not political. We're apolitical. We're for politics. We're for prayer. We're for evaluating what they stand for and letting God bring judgment on that and discernment. We're for praying for all people. In fact, that's what we want to do is really pray for you. So send me your prayer request, your vision, your ministry, your, you know, whatever you need. Just send it at dfwleader.org. Excuse me, dfwleader at gmail.com, dfwleader at gmail.com. I've got to go, but pray for us. If we, we're not able to go much farther, frankly, unless we have no, more prayer people or more ministers who want to love us and support us. I mean, we can go on. I'm content right now, but the prayer power is so big needed. That is the big thing. We need a supply of prayer, mature prayer people who are ongoing. So if you want to pray for us and commit, email me at dfwleader at gmail.com. God is good. His mercy endures. This is Tavo Diarcy from TavoCreativeLeadership.us. Signing off for now. God bless. Bye-bye.